0: Right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. I was meditating on this, told the group that met yesterday morning that I couldn't get this verse off my heart, and I almost shared the message at soul winning visitation, and then I wouldn't have had anything to preach tonight because I wanted to preach this this verse. It's one verse, I'll be very brief. Um, for some reason, y'all look tired on time change Sunday night, Amen. I don't know what it is, but it's just uh, that's the way it is. Amen? But you know, I believe that uh, the, this this verse is all that we need to solve the soul winning deficiency of our churches. And I say that in light of there ought to be as many souls saved or more in these last days than ever before. But it seems like we're trying to slow up when it comes to going out visiting. And soul winning. and I like to say soul winning more than visiting. Anybody can visit, but it's, it's another thing to sow the seed and see people saved. One of the greatest thrills of my life is seeing people saved. Amen. When I came to this town, I didn't know anything to do except go door to door because I didn't know anybody, didn't have any prospects. Uh, later on, we bought prospects, not the prospects, but the names. You know, meter reading and stuff. You know, everybody moving in town, and that didn't really work good, but uh, we tried. And uh, I I'll never forget some of the greatest times that um, I had my life was out knocking on doors when we first started this church. And I look around and I think about Brother Wallace Cooper. You sit right over there, and he was the head usher. Brother uh, Daryl's done a good job um, uh, filling the filling the gap. And I guess he was, the, and then Brother Howard Turner before that, but uh, Brother Wallace uh, was watching a football game on a Saturday afternoon and I knocked on his door and he uh, turned the football game off which is a real miracle and he wasn't really a, a football fan, I don't think. And I remember he uh, knelt, knelt down in the, uh, on the carpet and he asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come his life. Amen. He's in heaven tonight. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back I'm trying to lift up the power of the gospel and also the power of going, going, you know. Uh, We've had some good times. Brother Lamar, I remember that time, that night It was a Thursday night, very dark, um, very dismal night, and we knocked on uh, 1050 Cavender Drive, I think it was, it was close to that anyway, and we went to see Butch Newberry. Uh, Miss Newberry, she came all the time. She looked sad all the time. Not really. She uh, she didn't have her husband there, amen? And she'd come all the time, and we'd pray for Butch. And then on that Thursday night, Brother Butch, I'll never forget it, uh, you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, bowed your head right there in the den, got saved. And Brother Mar got so excited that he backed up into your ditch uh, on the way out. And I prayed all the way home because he was in cloud nine, because his friend uh, Butch got saved. It's just wonderful. Amen? I never forget that um, New Year's Eve, Brother Donald Hasty, that I went over and knocked on a little mobile home. That's when you first starting out. And uh, your dear brother-in-law had put a bunch of tracks in your soul, and they were even on top of the refrigerator. And I sat down with Brother Donald, and I said, Brother Donald, do you know if you die today, you go to heaven? He says, no, sir. I said, wouldn't you like to know how? And I went through the plan of salvation. He got saved. And, uh, you know, it, it makes a difference. It makes an eternal difference. And I could go on and on. I think about Mr. Coker. He used to sit by, stand by that water fountain. And we prayed for him for 23 years. And then one Thursday night, me and Johnny McNeese knocked on his door. And he got saved. And, I mean, he, he wouldn't even turn the light on. I had to witness in the dark. He wouldn't even turn, I don't know why he wouldn't turn the light on, but we were in the dark, and Brother Johnny was outside trying to uh take care of the kids and he got saved. After 23 years of attending this church, I preached his funeral. I preached Brother Cooper's funeral. Um and it's just a blessing to see people saved. And I'm not bragging on anybody but Jesus and and, and give you a history of this church. That's how we started. This church. That's how we ought to finish it. We ought to keep at it. And so I want you to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to give you one verse. I'll give you several illustrations that I've got in this illustration book, and I trust they're true by Dennis Carell uh, on the biblical philosophy of soul winning. And he gives some great illustrations about D.L. Moody and other great men of God of the past, how they won souls to the Lord. And it just thrilled my heart, touched my soul, it helped me go yesterday. And here's the verse that God's laid on my heart. It says in verse 15, And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Would you all read that with me? And He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the privilege of taking the Lord's Supper. And thank you, dear God, that we know what it's about. It's about you going to Calvary. Lord, we thank you, dear God, for the the blessing of being able to go in America, to door to door and see people saved. Uh, God, to witness the loved ones and see them saved. God, I just praise you and thank you, God, for the opportunity of a lifetime, and that's to take the gospel out in somebody's living room, somebody's den, uh, somebody's front porch, back porch, wherever, and take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the powerful seed, the incorruptible seed, the seed that will never turn void, and plant it in somebody's heart. God, we're not super salesmen. We're not trying to be. We're not trying to be mind manipulators and convince people to do what they uh, don't want to do, God. We're just sowers. And God, we want to be soul winners. So God, help us to take this one verse uh, to heart and help us to realize, dear God, that it's a privilege to personalize this uh, verse and and actualize it and prayeralize it and God take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Lord, as we end this mission emphasis of these few weeks, Lord, help us to be missionaries in our neighborhood, on our job, in our schools, wherever we might go. God, help us to be missionaries. And we're going to praise you and thank you In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice these two words in this verse. It says, go ye. Now, ye is me, and ye is you. I know y'all came for that deep truth, amen. But ye is both of us. And we are to go out and take the Word of God to a lost and dying world. We're not to wait for them to come here. A lot of lost people are not coming to church anymore. In old days... They went to those John R. Rice tent revivals. They went to Dr. Lee Robinson's tent revivals. They went to uh, great tent revivals of R.A. Torrey and D.L. Moody. But today, it's another story. It's even hard to knock on doors. But I want to tell you something, we need to do it anyway. Amen? And I want to tell you something, folks. We need to realize it's a personal command of God to go. How do we reach the masses? Well, they had a convention... In Indianapolis, uh, John Carver's hometown, several years ago, before he was born, brother, and uh, D.L. Moody was in that conference, and he got, uh, after many sessions, Brother Cody, D.L. Moody decided he was going to go out in the streets and just preach while they're doing the conference. And so they got a supper break. And one afternoon while the convention was being held a young man stood on a box. His name was D. L. Moody on a nearby street corner and began to preach. And the crowd gathered mostly working men going home for their suppers and they were so electrified by the sermon that they forgot that they were tired and hungry. Now that is a revival when anybody forgets they're tired as you look and hungry as we all not be. But thank God they were electrified by the sermon. God's power is on this young man. Had a third grade education, by the way. And they stood entranced and listened intently while the young preacher told them the old, old story of God's love and mercy to mankind. And the crowd began, became so dense that he had to move uh, to the Academy of Music where they were having this huge convention uh, on how to reach the masses or how to reach many souls and he brought them all in and he interrupted the the conference uh, and he only had a few minutes to preach before all the delegates of the congregation was coming back into the foyer and listening to the next lecture and many souls got saved in that convention hall. And so I'm going to tell you something what they were discussing D.L. Moody was doing. Amen? And so we can talk about fishing and we can talk about fishing for men but God wants us to go. Here's just a simple command. Go ye into all the world. Amen. The best place to pray for crops is at the end of a hole handle. Say amen. The best place uh, to pray uh, for revival is door to door. Amen. And seeing people say, um, How many's ever heard of a man named Uncle John Vassar? Uh, he lived in the early 1900s. And his testimony, he's got a book on the dowry of a soul winner. He never would get ordained. He never would become a preacher, but he preached often. Matter of fact, his memoir says that he visited frequently 40 families a day. Amen. <clears throat> Having a meeting somewhere every night. Um, and he spoke three Sunday schools uh, every Sunday. Uh, practically every Lord's Day. I had the privilege of teaching Sunday school, preaching this morning, preaching tonight. And I'm going to tell you something. I used to do that all the time for 25 years. Uh, I'm praying that Pete makes it home. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, And and, uh, folks, I have, uh, he said he he counseled with over 3,000 people during the last three months on the subject of personal religion or how to be saved. I visited uh, 19 towns in this country. And some of them I visited twice i walked an average of 20 miles a day and spoken publicly about every night. I believe um, uh, some good has been done. I take to myself no praise. <clears throat> In 17- 1878, Vassar died at the age of 65, literally burned out for God. He went so much, soul when he refused ordination, and all he said he was a, to strive uh, to help pastors he called himself the Good Shepherd Sheepdog hunting up lost sheep. Praise God. And he's got a whole book, a dowry. It's a fascinating book on the dowry of John Vassar. How many of you have ever read that or seen it? Amen. Heard of it. Okay. He's a hero to me. Amen. He's more important than any Atlanta brave that ever hit a ball. Say amen. He's more important than, than any falcon that ever tried to win a ball game. And it's a hard struggle. But anyway, thank God. Folks, Christ did not, uh, listen, condone prejudice or respect to persons. Say amen. I believe with all my heart that um, we are the biggest hypocrites in the world if we send people to South Africa and we don't witness to every black person we meet. Come on. I believe we're also big hypocrites if we think, that missionaries are our soul-winning taskmasters and that we can sit in the church and never go soul-winning because they're on the field winning souls. Folks, we need to go both at home and abroad. Amen? And folks, nobody should be our surrogate uh, soul-winner. Nobody should be our hired soul-winner. You didn't hire me to be your soul-winner. God's got a, a, a Uh, avenue of influence for your life you know when the Philippian jailer got saved it said and his household that Greek word is oikos that means and his household and folks I want to tell you something he won his household to the Lord he went home and uh, opened his doors up for uh, Paul and Silas and they won the whole family and folks I want to tell you something when you get saved you have eight people eight people that you can reach for the Lord now, after about two or three years, all those eight people are not going to be your friends if they don't get saved because they won't like you not partying. They won't like you not going out drinking. They won't like you going out, uh, not going out carousing. And friend, they will give you up as friends. But if you got 18 months to reach your sphere of influence. God has entrusted you with a neighborhood. Uh, last night I went to a cookout. And I was feeling so uh, uncomfortable doing that. But once I got there, praise God, something kicked in. And I just uh, met everybody, had a good time. I told my wife, I said, I don't want to go, I'm shy. She said, hush, you ain't never been shy a day in your life. We're going to this thing. I said, okay, we'll go, amen. It's going to be good food, I guess, amen. We got to witness to a lot of people. Got to meet a lot of people in our neighborhood. And in, in the and some good good Christians in their church. And I thank God for it. But I didn't want to go. My flesh warred against a spiritual activity. Uh, and that's not right, but it does every time, and yours does too. You just don't want to go. Go ye. Go ye. Um Acts one eight. Somebody turn over there to Acts one eight. I almost said read it, but you can't do that while you preach, can you? Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Thank God for your presence tonight. This is the best record-breaking time-change Sunday night we've ever had. Because usually, it's me and Miss Connie and a few more. Amen. But here you are. Thank God for you. Acts one eight. here it is. And um, I, think, I think it'll bless your heart. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. And here's the key word, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Through your faith promise, we're sending the gospel to uh, Brazil. We're sending the gospel to the Balkans. We're sending the gospel to the death all around the world. We're sending the gospel to uh, uh, West Africa through Brother uh, Shoemaker. Isn't it a blessing, amen? Thank God for that. We ought to be excited about it. Uh, we're sending the gospel to a lost and dying world because you took on some new missionaries. But wait a minute, what about the person that works with you? What about the person that uh, you're kin to? A nephew that I have a real burden for. When are we going to go down to Atlanta and see him? I send somebody way to South Africa. At least I can go down to Atlanta or go over to Ellijay like you did yesterday, brother. Blame and witness to our lost loved ones. Go ye. How many's ever heard of General William Booth? Raise your hand. We. I want to tell a story about him. This ain't just storytelling time, but uh, I like these illustrations and it touched my heart. So I hope it t- touches yours. He was after the poor. And one night, after much prayer, thank God, he said to his wife, Kate, I have found my destiny. They're the people for whose salvation I have been longing all these years. As I pass the doors of the flaming, sinning, sin palaces tonight, I seem to hear a voice sounding in my ears. Where can you go to find such heathens as these? And they were in their uh, great need for their labors. And then there is a, there's a, and he offered himself, and he said he offered his wife. He's talking to Kate. He said I offered you, isn't that great? That's a blessing when you, when your husband volunteers you to be a soul winner. And he said I offered the children to this great work, and these people shall be our people, and they shall have our God for their gods. And on Sundays, he would round up the ragtag group of drunkards, wife beaters, petty criminals. He'd bring them to the chapel, and often lead them to prayer and penance. But the elders of the chapel expelled him from their membership, saying, we don't want the product of your street ministry in our chapel. And uh, speaking of blue success, Josiah Strong said this, During no 100 years in history of the world have there been so many thieves, gamblers, drunkards, prostitutes saved as during the past quarter of a century through the heroic faith and labors of General William Booth and the Salvation Army. Folks, listen, we can't afford to be prejudiced. Amen? And I guess our biggest prejudice in this church is the rich. We don't witness to the rich because the poorer are easier to reach. Say amen right there. We don't witness to the religious, and we don't definitely witness to the politicians. Say amen. And the lawyers. But I believe God's called us to reach rich, poor, black, white, yellow, brown. It don't matter. Praise God if they're breathing, they got a soul, and they need to be reached. Thank God we need to reach everybody, Amen. everyone. Um, John Knox said this, and I believe this would be my second point. We need to not only go; we need to go earnestly, folks. I believe we ought to put our life into it. I believe there ought to be some some dedication some strength, some zeal and determination. For what else can you do that profits like soul winning? What else can you do that's better than planting the Word of God in somebody's heart? What better thing could you give somebody than the gospel uh, uh, that's the power unto salvation to a lost and dying soul? What better activity could you have? What better help could you have? What better endeavor could you uh, meet? What better job is there To take the gospel to a lost and dying boy or girl or man or woman that's going to hell if they don't get saved. But we forget that, don't we? And folks, we ought to go earnestly. I love Psalms 126. Turn back with me there. And I'm going to be as brief as I possibly can, but I'm feeling better now that I've started preaching. Amen. I showed up just a second ago and I said, Honey, I was talking to my wife, not any other lady. I said, Honey... This is going to be a short one. And she just gave me that little old grin like, yeah, you said that before. Amen. But I'm feeling something kick in right now. Say amen. And I'm just going to preach just a little while. But verse 5, it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Amen. Amen. Preach on blessed are they that mourn Wednesday. You can tell a lot about a person and what they love by what they cry over. Amen. Some of you still crying over your 501c3 you're still crying over it. amen I don't blame you because now it's a 3012c or something amen it's down the drain and if we keep on going the way we are it ain't going to be worth 10 cents amen but thank God money's not everything say so amen well, we got quiet on that one y'all believe money is everything okay anyway it says he that goeth forth there it is he that goeth forth and what weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So you can tell a lot about a person about what it make, what it takes to get you to cry, and then what it takes to get you to laugh. Amen. Come on now, some of y'all, when that old fella and I was part of it, Duval. Hit that opposite field grand slam. You thought it was in the bag, didn't you? And you was jumping up. And I had a bunch of Comanche Indians at my house. And Mark was jumping up. And Luke, he is really excited about all kinds of stuff. But he jumped up. I said, well, I might as well jump up too. So I got up and lifted my little finger, amen. And I said, boy, this is great. And then we lost the game. <laughs> you know, praise God. That, we should have hit the home run the ninth inning and not the first inning. But I want to tell you something, friend. What do you, what do you rejoice over? What do you get excited about? As Brother Steve Greg says, what cranks your tractor? I don't know where he got that term from. But anyway, what gets you excited? Folks, I'll tell you the most exciting thing is somebody getting saved. When I, when, I, when I look at you, Brother Butch, I get, I, get, I get excited. Knowing that your wife came for so many years by herself, and then you got saved. Amen. And now he's going to come no matter what. And that's a blessing. He's been faithful. That pew would feel very lonely if the end of it wasn't occupied by Brother Butch, amen? And then Brother Donald does all kinds of things around here. Moves dirt, puts up flagpoles, not flagpoles, light poles. Uh, with Brother uh, Howard, I'll never forget the time they were putting that thing up, and Brother Chris Hanks come in the uh, church and said, hey, they're out there fighting. I said, who? He said, Donald and um, the other guy, Clore. I said, no, they're not fighting. I said, they're picking at each other. Amen. They really love each other. Amen. He says, no, no, no. I think they got a problem. You need to go out there and break them up. I said, no, I'm not going to break them up. They're doing God's work out there. But I I think about him doing all this stuff around the church and all that you do, and it's because you got saved. You wouldn't be doing anything in the church of God if you wasn't saved. You wouldn't even show up on Sunday night if you weren't saved. You wouldn't be singing a special Brother Randy if you weren't saved. You wouldn't be leading singing in the house of God if you wasn't saved, playing the piano, playing the organ. We're saved because, friends, somebody was earnest to bring us the gospel. Somebody preached like the night I got saved on hell and said it was long and hot and terrible. And I said, praise God, I'm not going there. And I got saved at the age of 11 and a half. What a blessing. I'll never never forget that night. Then two weeks later, I had to stand on a concrete block. Brother Jeremy... So I wouldn't drown when I got in the baptistry. I was a little fella, Skinny Kenny is what they called me on the side. Amen. I was little. They don't call me Skinny Kenny anymore. Praise God. But anyway, go earnestly, get a passion. Turn to Romans chapter nine, verse three, real quick. Romans chapter nine and verse three, please. Man, my time's flying. Maybe it's your time. But Romans chapter nine, verse three. The Bible says this, for I wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. I cannot pray that. I cannot wish that. Paul was a better man, and I'm a far better man than this preacher. He said, I'll go to hell that my people might get saved. I can't pray that. I just, I'm sorry, I can't give up heaven. I want to see my daddy. I want to see my mama. I want to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, I mean, hundreds. We're not getting old, dying off either. We're just a bunch of people in forty-three years that's went on the other side, brother Coker, brother Cooper. The other side, sister Cox, sit back over there on the back row, brother. Your mama. The other side. I couldn't give up heaven. Couldn't give it up. But he said, "I'll give it up for somebody to be saved." Look at ten one, Romans ten one. Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is they might be saved. Notice that, look at that. Heart's desire. Could I I just ask you a personal question? What's your heart's desire? I mean, what what do you think about most of the time? What do you long for most of the time? What do you sing about in the shower? What do you visualize in your dreams? What's your last thought? What's your first thought when you hit the floor in the morning? Amen? It's who left those shoes in the doggone floor I just tripped over. Amen? No, that's what my wife says. Well, what's your first thought? You know what it ought to be? I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad somebody brought me the gospel. So folks, we need to go earnestly. We need to hunger and thirst after righteousness as I'll preach on Wednesday night. And folks, we need to thank God, have an ambition. Oh, uh, William Booth said this in 1904. Some men's ambition is art. Some men's ambition is fame. Some men's ambition is gold. My ambition is the souls of men. The driving force and passion of his life was the souls of men. I don't believe that's misplaced passion. The Bible says in Jude 22, some having compassion, making a difference. What is compassion? Well, it's described in Luke chapter 10, and I don't have time to go there, but it's about the good Samaritan. And he went on the in, down in the ditch and picked up the old boy when the priest went on the other side of the road. Folks, compassion is getting off your horse of self-dependency and self-sufficiency and putting them on it and taking them to the end which I believe represents a haven of rest like a church, and bringing them to the place and paying the tab and saying, hey, take care of him, and thank God he can sing all night, redeemed, redeemed. He can still be laying in the ditch. And so folks, dead people, spiritually speaking, are helpless. And they need the quickening power of the Spirit of God and the Holy Word of God to bring them to life. Plant the seed. Let the Holy Spirit breathe on them conviction. And folks, I am convinced we need to take the Word of God to them before they'll get under any kind of conviction. That brings me to my third point. We need to go not only earnestly, but we need to go empowered. The power of God followed a prayer meeting in Luke chapter 24. They were praying for the Holy Ghost to descend. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, look at that verse please. This is a verse I have to read often before I go soul winning or I won't go. And I might not have any boldness and I might not have any compassion if I don't claim this verse and get in the Word of God for a little while. It says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the Word of God with boldness. didn't say anything about tongue speaking. It said, praise God. They prayed, the place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what was the evidence? They spoke the Word of God with boldness. Now, friend, I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people can go visiting, but they can't go soul winning. A lot of people don't believe in soul winning anymore. Because of this epidemic, they don't believe that they'll be welcome. They don't believe it's safe. Whatever you believe, that's fine. But I want to tell you something. In the Bible days, they risked their life to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. We need power to have compassion. We need power to have wisdom. We need power to have boldness. Not brassness. I don't believe in being impolite. Boldness. To witness in these last days. I forgot my illustration. I was gonna bring my power drill. It's a nice Aeroby, yellow and black. It's really nice. I was gonna put a diamond tip drill in it, and I just left left it at home. Just just left it there with with my dog. But I just I just left it. Should have got one out of one of your trucks. But I wanna tell you something if you get a diamond point uh, drill bit. You put that thing in there, and you leave and you put the battery pack over here, and you just try to push that button, and nothing will happen. Nothing. Diamond tip, drill bit, a Roby 8-volt, 44-volt. I don't know what kind of volt it is, but it's just neat that you don't have to carry a cord around with you, and you can just pop, pop that battery. Oh, they made such a good illustration. Pop that battery pack in there, and, man, it'll turn like crazy. Amen. That's your life. You can be eloquent. You can have personality. You can have training. You can go through the course of how to reach the masses. But I want to tell you something, folks. If you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit and do with the power of God, folks, you will not have anything happen in your life. Last but not least, and I close. We not only go earnest. We need to go, first of all. Then we need to go earnestly. And then we need to go empowered. But last but not least, we need to go expecting. We need to go expecting. What's the Bible say in Isaiah 55 11? That his word will never return void. Friend, you know, I, I, I'm having a little problem, and i got to solve it somehow. We're getting more missionary cards on that stand out there than we have tracks. And I know we need the missionary cards. And I know you need to have a prayer card. And I know you got to pick that up. But I want to tell you something. We got a shortage on tracks. We need to have more tracks available. We need to print more tracks. We're in a crisis. Bill Goen said, Toner is stopped. I can't print. My presses are down. I said, Oh my goodness. We need to pray. He can't print no more tracks. And folks, I tell you what, I know there's a chicken shortage and a beef shortage, but I'm going to tell you something. There's an urgent shortage of toner for His printers because we need to order tracts and we can't do it. Folks, we need the gospel. Because your little personality and your little illustrations and your pleading is nothing compared to the Word of God. When you draw the sword, God uses it. And I want to tell you something. You can be told off at a visit if you can leave a track. the visit is well done. Amen? I was at Sugar Departments, and a guy slammed the door in my face, and I was with Danny Tucker, our one of our first deacons, and I put my foot in the door, and it slammed on my, on my foot, and I was showing off, I guess, I don't know if I was in the spirit or not, but I threw that track in that door to that old fella, and I said, well, at least read that, praise God. I was a little mad, because he, he really hurt my foot. Maybe that's why... But I I didn't want to let Brother Danny know that it was, you know, uh, a bad visit. I said, God's going to use that, Danny. And then about two weeks later, I'm in that little old apartment, 39 West Crawford Apartments. Some people called it the quarters, which really offended me. It wasn't no quarters, it was apartments. Amen? And I thought it was nice. And uh, I'll never forget, I picked up that phone that was on the wall. Hallelujah, that was bad. Well, I didn't have to talk to Jenny on the on the party line. It wasn't that long ago, but I picked that thing up and this guy said, he was weeping. I said, Good night. We got a case here, honey. I don't know what's going on. He said, I want to apologize to you. And I said, would you tell me who you are? He said, I'm so and so and I got baptized tonight at the Bible Way Baptist Church and my pastor, Bobby Ballou, he just passed away. He said, before I baptize you, I want you to promise me one thing. If you've ever offended anyone, I want you to make it right with God. I never heard that. That's pretty good, amen. I think I'll start that Sunday. Just say, hey, listen, if you you got any halt against a brother, before I'm put you under, get it right with God. And he called me up and he apologized. And I said, what are you apologizing for, sir? He said, the other Saturday morning, we had five or six bus captains knock on my door at the sugar departments. And then you and this other fella knocked on my door. I was so offended. But you threw a little paper in the door. And he said, the next night, about 12.30 to 1 o'clock, something woke me up. And I saw that little paper on that coffee table. I picked up that little paper, and I read it. I said, my goodness, I didn't know I was a sinner. I didn't know I needed to get saved so much. He said, I went to bed and tried to get out of my mind. About 3.30, I had to go to the restroom. He said, I was walking towards the restroom, and it seemed like something said, go read that paper again. It's called a track, by the way. And he picked it up and he read it. Then he said, about 6.30, I couldn't sleep. Couldn't get it out of my mind. That message on that track. And he said, at 6.30 a.m., I got saved. Tonight, I got baptized and joined Bible Way Baptist Church. I thought to myself, why don't you join our church? But anyway, I said, great, amen. He said, and my preacher told me, and I need to apologize to anybody I offended and I can't get you out of my mind would you please forgive me I said I'll forgive you and I thank God you got saved now folks I didn't do anything I just threw a track in the door I just got my foot uh, deformed for life because he slammed the door I wear 11 and a half on the right foot and a 12 on the left but it's a blessing it's worth it Many people died for the gospel's sake. Many people were in prison for the gospel's sake. Many people were burned at the stake for the gospel's sake. Folks, God commands our, our enablements. If He said, go ye, listen, just trust me, God will give you the gospel to go with you and stay a lot longer than you visit, and He'll give you the power of God. The power of God. To witness with boldness and with love and compassion and thank God for it. Someone tells this as the truth. I believe it's Brother Scarborough, a great preacher of old. And um, though R.A. Torrey was speaking to a group of Christians, he said, I'd rather win souls than be the greatest king or emperor on earth. I would rather win souls than be the greatest poet, or novelist, or liter- literary man who ever walked this earth. My one ambition in life is to win as many as I possibly can. Oh, it is the only thing worth doing—to save souls, men and women. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it all, through me. And he told the story about a man that was deaf and dumb, who, after his conversion, built an old. Rough cross out of rough lumber, and he placed it on a hairpin curve. Now this is wisdom, where everybody had to slow really up. I mean, you know, in the old days they had these narrow roads, and they turned like some of these roads in L. J. Say Amen. You know where I'm talk, What I'm talking about? And he put it in the curve, and um, every driver going either direction would see it. Old cross. And he stood there, stopping traffic, pointing to the cross and grunting, since he could not speak. And he said a lot of people stopped, and traffic started backing up. He then began to show the people the gospel out of tracts given to them, and motioned them to invite Christ in their heart. And by the time a policeman arrived and told him he could not stop traffic, he had already won three souls to Christ. Now what is our excuse? We can speak. We can see. We can care. We can take the gospel and go ye into all the world. I hope to goodness at the end of this mission's emphasis we don't ever, ever think it's just okay to send men and ladies and boys and girls to South Africa, South America, to the Balkans, to Brazil, to take it to the deaf around the world, to West Africa, and then not do it here. I believe God would frown on that. I believe that mission starts here and not in this auditorium, in this sanctuary, but wherever we go, because we go ye with his commandment and his enabling and praise God with the message that's the power unto salvation. I want to ask you a question, when's the last soul you ever won to the Lord? When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? Or maybe I could give you an easier question. When's the last time you gave somebody a tract besides the waitress? They get so many tracts, they ought to be saved 15,000 times, amen, if you leave a good tip. When's the last time that you had enough courage and faith to go ye and plant the gospel? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord's Supper, singing. It's just been all good. And the reason it's been all good is because you paid for my, all my bad and all my sin. And I'm saved by the grace of God. Thank you for sending James P. McDonald to me on that Sunday night and telling an 11-and-a-half-year-old junior boy, that I need to be saved. Thank you for sending a Sunday school teacher, Mr. Lawrence, to me and planting the gospel almost every Sunday morning in my little junior boys class. Thank you, dear God. And Lord, I remember I used to long to have somebody knock on our door from our church to witness to my daddy And they never came. Maybe they were intimidated. Maybe they knew his lifestyle. But God, I thank you that he got saved. And I thank you for all the tracts and all the testimony of my mom that made a difference in my daddy's life. Lord, help us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. With every head bowed, every eye closed, have me and say, Preacher, I'm so glad somebody brought me the gospel. I'm so glad somebody witnessed to me. I'm so glad that I read that track. I heard that sermon. I'm so glad that I had a mama that wouldn't let me go till I got saved. A prayer warrior. I'm just so glad I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony to that? Have me saved know it. Say amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that somebody brought you the gospel? Is there anyone that couldn't raise your hand and you'd say, preacher, I'm not absolutely sure. I'm trying to be a good person and I'm in church, but I'm just not saved, and I want you to pray for me. Anyone? Just slip your hand up, then back down. I won't come to you, embarrass you, point you out anyway. Anyway, I just want to pray for you. Anyone? Now here's the question of the hour to go along with the message. How many of you know someone that's lost? A brother, a sister, a mother, a daddy, an aunt, an uncle, like in my family, a nephew, and they're wasting their life. That you'd pray for an opportunity to go to them with the Gospel one more time. God's laid him on your heart, laid laid her on your heart. I mean, it's like a video screen. That that face is right in front of you. And you're concerned. You've tried over and over again. But you know that God's called you to go to them. And You'd say, preacher, please pray with me for them. Would you slip your hand up for them? All over this place. Somebody knows somebody that's lost. Father, thank You for this simple two words. Go ye God, I thank You that we don't have to go by ourselves. I thank You, dear God, that we can take the Gospel, the power unto salvation. I thank, dear God, that the Holy Ghost will stay after our visit and linger there and convict, send other people. God, help us. God, help us to care enough to take the Gospel to our neighborhood, to our workmates, to our schoolmates, to our family. Oh God, help us. Help us not get over this message. Help me not to get over it. God, help me to get up in the morning with a soul on my heart and to pray for them. And ask God to condition their hearts. Open their hearts. And God, an opportunity to plant the gospel. We'll thank you and praise you for the increase and give you the glory for it all. Jesus' name, amen.